everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hello Smart Mothers. This is Nicole, and today we are going to have my good friend, former, well, no, she's still my mentor, good friend and mentor, TK Floyd Fouts, again, to discuss her transition from her career in the law and academia into being a stay-at-home mom of her son and her three bonus kids. So I'm really excited to have her back again. She dropped a lot of good knowledge on us with her last episode discussing her blended family and bonus kids. So I'm really excited to have her back again. Um, Just as a little bit of background, currently in the United States, only about 29% of moms with children under the age of 18 are stay-at-home moms. So well over 70% are actually working outside the home. So, you know, it's kind of funny because of, you know, the way society puts so much pressure on mothers to parent their children that so many actually work outside the home. I actually didn't know what the statistic was until I started doing research for this podcast. Um, And again, Pew Research says that 71% of mothers work outside the home. Some other research that has been found is that even though mothers are working outside the home, it actually has increased their amount of like satisfaction with their life and feelings of self-worth and that kind of thing. And between the ages of, you know, birth to 11 years old, there's not much difference in terms of children's rearing between mothers who work outside the home and stay-at-home moms. So for all those working mommies like myself that have the mommy guilt that they should be home with their kids and whatever, we're doing fine. For all the stay-at-home moms, you guys are goddesses because I ain't got it. (laughs) I cannot do it. It is not in me. So thank you so much for your sacrifices to your family. And if no one else tells you that you are dope, amazing goddesses, Hello, Smart Mothers is telling you right now. But uh, yeah, so after the jump, we're going to get back in with TK, and she's going to give us some really good nuggets on her transition from career mom to stay-at-home mom. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Hey, TK. Thank you so much for joining us again. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully your listeners won't get tired of hearing my voice. (laughs) You've got like perfect radio voice. Uh, I'm like, I'm like trying to emulate yours, trying to get a little bit of bass in that baby voice of mine. You're doing great. I got my pop filter in front of my mouth so you don't hear all my hard B's and P's. And, right, right. You're doing a great job with this podcast. So great job. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to make these hella smart mothers hella smart. There you go. Smarter. Smarter. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So last time we kind of talked about your transition from single mom into your blended family and we we talked about it a little bit, but we kind of glossed over the fact of like the move from Texas to Georgia mm-hmm. and kind of what that entailed. 
So let's, let's back up a little bit. So you got married in October, and then when did, how long were you guys in San Antonio after that? So we got married October 2017, and we left San Antonio in late July of 2018. Okay, so about 10, so about eight, 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 nine, nine months Okay. And when you were in San Antonio, what were you doing? So when I was in San Antonio, when I got married, I was actually teaching at St. Mary's University School of Law. Right. (laughs) Where I did not meet you there, but that's where you graduated. Um, She, sorry. I <laughs> yeah, we're speaking in third person. I know, right? <laughs> I'm writing my we bio. Are not amused. <laughs> <laughs> I was a non-tenure track instructor in a program they created called Law Success, and that basically allowed me to teach the law students at every stage, first year, second year, third year, various skills and bar exam related topics. So I taught a class called legal methods to first year law students. And I taught a class called bar review for credit to third years. And for the second years, I was more of an advisor. So I was there for two years when we left. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, we gave a background kind of what your experience is. You have, you hold a master's in education, you have a bachelor's in engineering, you got a master's in counseling, you got a JD. It's a lot of degrees, girl. Woo! I have a lot of degrees. <laughs> I love learning. I'm going to add this just so people don't think I'm crazy. So <laughs> my dad was an engineer. So as a kid, because I liked math and science, he pushed engineering really hard. And so I went into engineering while I was there. I realized I really don't like engineering. So I decided to get a master's in education and my emphasis was higher education administration. So my first career was actually a student affairs professional at St. Mary's University. (laughs) While there, I had an incident where one of my students, unfortunately, was raped And I had to take her to the hospital for a rape kit. And in that process, I felt helpless because I didn't know much about the criminal process or how to help her. And I thought, I bet you if I had a law degree, I could be more helpful to people. So that prompted law school. Then while I was in law school, I realized I do a lot of counseling and I wanted to firm up those skills. And so that's what led to the counseling degree. So there was a purpose behind (laughs) each path on that I feel like for what you do especially with like all the instruction that you give the mentoring that you do all of that like that synergy of things is like your sweet spot like it is amazing to me to watch you do your thing and to listen to you do your thing because all those things plus your life experience and all that it just seems like it's created this perfect amount of energy this perfect like amount of knowledge that you can impart with all of those things that you do and so you know god has a plan god's plan i agree and i love it because when i was applying to law school i said i had divergent paths that were converging and those paths are converging so for you to use the word synergy i think is perfect my paths are have converged to this point of finding i'm in the process of still determining the exact nature of that sweet spot 
but I certainly feel like I use the problem solving skills from engineering. I use the administration skills from education. I certainly use my legal knowledge and I use the counseling skills of attentive listening and capturing words and being able to kind of see behind the words that people use. And so definitely, I love that synergy. I'm going to use that in my bio, if that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) I like, I feel like on the last interview, it was very much drawn out of how you are able to pull all those things together. And especially the counseling component where you really do like, you know how, I don't know, for those who've been in therapy and if you haven't, you probably should. I feel like every single human on the planet needs to go to therapy. I concur. (laughs) But I feel like you really get that whole, okay, so you did this. How did that impact that? Like, it's so useful because I feel like a lot of times we don't even think about how our actions mm-hmm. are impacted or are impacting. So like your actions are always impacted by your past and your actions are always impacting your future. Definitely. And you definitely like when I've called you with like my little minor crises, <laughs> be they family or career or whatever, like you always get me together and you help me <laughs> dissect like the impactfulness of both right. past, present and future. And I think that all of your training and education has definitely led you to be so freaking good at that and right. I just I love that and I'm so glad that our paths crossed actually our paths crossed because I stalked TK <laughs> um, I stalked her at in church. a good way <laughs> I mean yeah I mean we you know I, was, I didn't like hide out in the bushes or anything right we both went to the same church and like I had heard her name in the legal community because in San Antonio there are not that many black female especially attorneys and certainly not in litigation and we were both in litigation at the time um and so i was at church one day and she got an award a rising star award in our locale and i I like whispered over to my friend i was like hey do you know her and she was like oh yeah tk's awesome you should meet her whatever and so I like literally they, you know, they shine like a light on you or something or pan the camera on you or they did something where I was able to see like where you were in the church. And as soon as like the benediction was over, I like made a beeline. And I was like, hi, my name's Nicole. I know you don't know. <laughs> and like, you know where we are today. <laughs> I never do that. Like I never fangirl over people because it feels weird to me. And I'm like, oh, I'm too cool. Like whatever. I'm not doing that. But I totally fangirled you. And I'm so thankful I did. Well, I am too. It's so funny. I was telling my husband about our podcast conversations and he was like, now remind me how you know her. I was like, wow, I've been like her mentor. because I stopped you (laughs) I'm her mentor but it's cool because not everybody lets you pour into their lives and so you've definitely I've get I've talked to you about careers and and you say thank you for sharing and then you do whatever you want you know (laughs) (laughs) I take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and I'll come what you thought was best for you and then you did you did your thing but look at where you are and what you've accomplished and to know that I played even a small role of just being an advisor or a a sounding board for you is pretty awesome. 
Like, you, like you, you know, you've been here through every step of the way from baby lawyer to yeah. nine years out to so single crazy. girl to married girl to mommy, mommy now. to like, you know, here the whole ride and right. you have definitely poured into my life like no other, honestly, because there's not very many people who've had that type of knowledge and experience right. mm -hmm. to be able to walk me through kind of the breadth of of my life <laughs> right right well I consider it an honor and a privilege to do that for you and that's actually a passion of mine and I know we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of where I am right now in life but one of my passions is to really pour into the lives of other people because so many of us are flailing and failing because yeah. no one is telling us, hey, have you thought about this option? Or, you know what, here, let me help you get up and let me support you. And then look, now you're standing on your own. So many of us are out there or think we have to do it alone. And we really don't. So I really have a heart for mentoring, you know, women, young attorneys, law students. I have middle school students I work with, elementary school students, high school students, college students, across the gamut, single moms, married moms, mom with young kids, because at every stage of our life, we need somebody there kind of as a cheerleader to say, you can do it, you got this. And if you need to fall down on somebody, I'm here, I got, I got you, I got your back. And I consider it a privilege to have done that for you and for those who I'm able to help in the future. So this wasn't one of the questions, the topics that I even thought I wanted to touch on, but who's your cheerleader? Like, who do you lean on for those things? Because I feel like you do this so much for so many people. I never even like stopped to think about like, well, what is DK? Who does DK go to <laughs> when like the shit's going crazy? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I've handled it in unhealthy ways and healthy ways. Unhealthy ways, you know, codependent relationships in the past where I absolutely, I had a friend who I talked to every day and, and we had a falling out and I felt shattered because she was like my right arm, so to speak. And, and I realized how unhealthy it was to rely so heavily on someone to the point where I didn't feel like I could exist without her friendship. So that was kind of the unhealthy, the healthy way that I've learned over the, over the years is I have a tribe and I know you had a podcast, a village, but I have a tribe of people and that may not be the right politically correct word, but a group oh, oh, of people, yeah. <laughs> a group of people, I apologize, um, a group of people around me. So not one person is my cheerleader. I have you, you were there for my wedding. You helped set up, you were at our reception, you know, really kind of cheering me on there because that was a new season for me. And you were the old married lady by that point. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I have the woman who did my makeup at the wedding. I have the person who coordinated my wedding who are close friends and they, they will impart spiritual wisdom, practical wisdom. Um, I have my pastor in Texas, who's my spiritual father. I have my sister who we fought like cats and dogs growing up. And she's now one of my closest friends. And certainly my husband who listens to me, who lets me cry for no, absolutely no reason. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why you're crying, but you can keep crying. Hun. 
don't, this makes no sense to me, but I'm here for you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's how it should be. Exactly. Should be. Exactly. I love that. I love that. You know, I never thought to ask you that question before. I'm so used to being like, <gasps> TK, <laughs> let me dump my problem in right. your lap and ask you to help me sort it out. And right. I never ever thought like who do you go to and dump your problems like that's that's good to know and i'm glad to hear that you think of me as part of your tribe too because sometimes i feel like our relationship is so i don't want to say one-sided because i feel like i bring lots of laughs and joy (laughs) And, and that's part of it i mean the things that we talk about the topics that we address even prior to this podcast just the depth of some of our conversations and the surfaceness. (laughs) Sometimes I need levity and sometimes I need to be able to talk about deep topics and talking about the legal community or whatever that adds to my life. You know, I don't always need somebody to help me analyze my decisions or my thoughts because I can do that pretty well. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm not good at that because I'm just like, oh, that's dumb. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but you can tell me, you know, oh my gosh, let me tell you what the boys did today. And then I get a big laugh out of it. And I'm like, okay, I feel better. You don't even realize that you've helped me. And that's probably why you think it's one-sided because being present in someone's life, you can be adding to their life and you don't even realize it because you're just there. You're just part of their life. Right, and I think right, that right. makes sense. I feel like, I mean, that's true friendship. And I feel like that is what how we can maintain a what what are we on year eight let's see how long have you been married i've been married for it'll be six years in may so it was pre-mark oh, yeah. eight we're we're yeah okay i was like eight. it was mm-hmm. good in pre-mark like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you was wait yeah i was at your wedding so it was definitely before the wedding and you like yeah you were there before i'd even met him like i hadn't i, I remember you meeting him yeah <laughs> And you like you kept you and everybody else was like, Oh, you're gonna marry this dude, you're gonna marry this. I was like, Whatever, we're just having fun. Like y'all tripping, y'all everybody, literally friends from across the country that met him one time, they're like, Yeah, you're different with him. Like you don't treat him like you treat the mother boy. That's right. That's right. And look, we were all right. <laughs> you were I know, I know. Y'all be knowing. Y'all be going. That's fine. That's fine. So, man, we didn't went so far off topic. So, I'm gonna skirt this uh, <laughs> the bus back to the ranch. <laughs> so, talked about your career and kind of you know what you were doing when you first met Freddie. Mm-hmm. And so now, what are what are you doing? So, as I mentioned in our other conversation, my husband is a naval officer. And shortly after we got married, like we got married in October, in January, we found out we were being transferred. In January, late January, early February, we found out we were being transferred to Augusta. So I started looking at my career options here and determined that although there are universities here, there are no law schools here. The closest law school is an hour away, University of South Carolina, and started realizing I don't know what I'm going to do. There are no law schools. At that point, had decided I did not want to return to a traditional practice of law. 
So I had a conversation. I communicated with Freddie and I said, here's my heart's desire. What do you think? And I discussed the possibility of me being a stay-at-home mom. And he said, I think that's a great idea. And this is how I know God brought this man into my life. Because the next statement he said was, that way you can focus on your writing. And I was like, seriously, you're okay with that? He goes, absolutely. You have something to share with people. And I want you to have the opportunity to spend time doing that. And I was like, are you sure? (laughs) Because um, my mind was blown. And he said, yeah, let's plan for you to be a stay-at-home mom. And so that's what I am. First time in my life, I am a stay-at-home mom. With a 17-year-old and a 12-year-old. Hey, that sounds <laughs> like a perfect world to me. It is. I mean, I'm. it's crazy because your children are younger and a lot of your listeners may have younger children and desire to be home. And I can certainly relate to that, having worked when my children, when my son was, my oldest son was younger. However, the trials and tribulations of adolescence are so intense, especially for this generation of children, the fact that I'm able to be home and hear the young one come in from middle school and tell me about what he heard or saw and being able to talk through it immediately when he walks in the door. My older son picking him up from theater practice and him feeling up or down and being able to talk about it immediately, just being able to be more available for them. It's been amazing. It's really, it's really an awesome opportunity to be able to be there for them when they're learning how to be adults because they're on the brink, particularly the 17-year-old. Oh, yeah. um, They're on the brink of adulthood and being able to share with them and not letting their peers be the sole voice that they're hearing. Because the reality is when I was working, by the time I got home, you ate dinner really quickly. You didn't have a lot of time to really connect with your kids. Right. Now I have that, I have hours before dinner served or the weekends or whatever, where I'm not working or grading papers that I'm able to really pour into them. So it's been an interesting transition, but the benefits far outweigh any challenges I've experienced. That's good. So in terms of your relationship with your kiddos, you definitely feel like that's gone in a positive direction. Definitely. Do you feel like there's been any change in the dynamic uh, with the relationship between you and Freddie or like how would you how do you think that's shifted at all or at all? It actually hasn't shifted in the ways I expected it to shift. So as you mentioned, I was a single mom. Gosh, I was a single mom for 13 years before I remarried. And even while I was married the first time, I was the primary breadwinner or the soul at times. And with, you know, just me and Benjamin, obviously I was the sole breadwinner. So I worried about Freddie resenting me because I'm not adding income to the family or as much income as I had been when I was working at St. Mary's. And I worried, but it hasn't turned out to be that way at all. And it's so interesting. We were having this conversation because on Saturday, Freddie and I have a coffee date on Saturday mornings. (laughs) Of course we do. (laughs) But we talk about stuff maybe that's going on in our marriage and our family and just having kind of that time to connect with each other. And this past Saturday, I said to him, do you think I need to go get a job? We're thinking college is coming soon for Benjamin. You know, the kids are getting older. You can't buy cheap toys for teenagers, you know. 
They want cars. <laughs> they want cars and all these things. And so he said, babe, we've talked about this. No, you need to do your writing, your speaking, the things that you're doing, you're making a difference. And I want you to be able to focus on that. And I said, are you sure? He said, I'm absolutely sure. And it just reaffirmed for me that he supports me in whatever decision. Now, having said that, we've had the conversation where he said, if you decide to go back to work, that's on you. Don't feel like you have to, or I need you to. You can choose to, but I'm not expecting you to. And that gives me kind of the freedom to say, okay, God, we got some wiggle room here. Show me what you want me to be focusing on right now in this season. And every time I've prayed about, should I go back to work? I hear very clear, no, it's not the time. You're doing great work, being able to be at home with your family and freeing you up to do things in the community and really across the country because I'm still mentoring people in Texas and yeah. I'm able to do speaking engagements and things. And so it really is freeing me to really, like I said earlier, pour into the lives of other people. So I know, uh, I mean, I've been working since I was, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. And that was because I absolutely hated asking for money. Like it, I still, to this day, you know, I hate it when people are like, oh, Leah, let me give you a check for your whatever, your birthday. Mm-hmm. Or like, what, like, I hate it. It makes me feel weird. Like, do you have any of those feelings? I know it's y'all's money. When you're married, it's pot. Absolutely. I don't care what nobody says. If you have separate accounts, whatever, it's still family money. Right. Like, but do right. you have any of that, like, apprehension in terms of, like, if you want to go buy a new dress or a pair of shoes or, like, do, like, do not, like, family stuff like if you don't mm-hmm. not groceries or not taking the kids out to pizza or whatever does that have any type of like do you have a pause before you kind of do those things mm-hmm. yes <laughs> I do <laughs> I take a huge pause but I've handled it a couple of different ways so although I am a stay-at-home mom I still do have side hustles just like I did when I was working full-time yes yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> gotta have multiple streams of income. I learned that when the market crashed in 2007, 2008, multiple streams of income. So I have been a national speaker on diversity and inclusion issues, particularly implicit bias in the legal profession. So many of those speaking engagements are paid. So that adds income to our family. And I typically will use that income then for those non-essentials. So if I want to splurge on an Apple watch, like I did for Christmas for myself, I don't feel bad because I use money from my speaking engagement. Do you think if you did not have those streams of income, you would still do those splurges? Like I always wondered that because, you know, I've got some, you know, family and friends and whatnot that are true, stay at home, don't do anything outside of the home. And Listen, stay-at-home moms, y'all the real MVPs. Yeah. It is not in me. I I stayed home for a few months with both of my boys when they were born, and I was ready to go back to work. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll have to touch on that because we feel that. We feel that tension as well at times. We we definitely, yeah. We'll definitely we'll we'll take a take a detour that in a little bit. But yeah, what do you how would you feel differently? 
So now, though, I am kind of in a situation. So in addition to speaking, I also do some work for other attorneys, like drafting discovery and things like that. And so I have different ways to bring in money. Well, for example, right now, I don't have any of that extra income. So if I need to go get gas, obviously I'm good. But if I happen to go to the mall and I see something, that's when I'm going to take a, a pause. And I'm very apprehensive because I go through a different process of deciding what's essential and what's non-essential. So right now, if I think, oh, I really want a new pair of shoes, I ask more questions. Do I need them? <laughs> Can I wear them with multiple outfits? <laughs> Will they be something I'll wear and not just sit in the closet? So I go through a little bit more of an extensive assessment versus when I'm just using kind of the extra money that comes in because Freddie covers our living expenses and he covers everything that the kids need and he covers a lot of actually what I want. It's more of a, an apprehension within me. I was just about to say that's purely internal, right? I mean, he hasn't imposed any, you know, budgetary constraints or anything like that. I mean, he he doesn't want me to go buy a four hundred dollar Apple Watch. I mean, yeah, talking to him, but (laughs) but yeah, that's totally internal. I want to make sure that I respect our family finances, and if I go crazy. Because unfortunately, one of my coping mechanisms in the past, and I still struggle with it, is when I'm bored or uncertain, I shop. Mm-hmm. And often I shop for stuff I really don't need. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, know that. And, I know that. <laughs> and, and you feel this initial adrenaline rush of, ooh, I got a deal. And then you get it home and you're like, why, why did I buy this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... That internal check is important for me that I'm, number one, okay, why do I want to go to the mall? Is there something I'm avoiding? Is there something wrong that I'm not ready to face that makes me want to go to the mall? Once I go through that process, I'm, I rarely end up at the mall because I realize, oh, I don't want to do this editing project. So yeah. go <laughs> escape. <laughs> I like the editing pro- I mean... <laughs> the, the the scenario you just ran, I'm like, I feel like that's probably what everyone yes. should do before they make a purchase, like big or small, to be honest, for the simple fact of like clutter, man. Like, I don't know if you've gotten on this whole Marie Kondo train. Don't do it. Don't watch it. It'll make you crazy. <laughs> um, but like when I was home um, after my kiddo had his accident, I was watching all that con- Marie Kondo stuff and I like went crazy and went through all my closets and all my drawers and all the kids clothes and like mm-hmm. everything. And I was just like, we're throwing everything away. Right. Throw all the toys away. <laughs> we're throwing everything. I need, con- I need Kondo Mari. I need it clean. <laughs> and like, I just, was looking at all the stuff that we had and I was just like, why do we have so much stuff? Jeez Louise, it's just tons of unnecessary little chotskis, especially yep. like clothes you haven't worn for since before my babies when I was a size six, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that kind You're of like stuff. I may or may not fit back in those size I mean, six clothes. If I have some surgical interventions, I shall not. <laughs> 
Well, I'm a purger by nature. It's so funny. I think I counter my mother, who was more of a hoarder, not like TV show worthy. But no, no, I no, I totally know what you mean. (laughs) But she was more of a hoarder. But because over the course of my professional life, I moved several times. Mm -hmm. I moved to Texas, and then I moved to law school, and then I came, went to my clerkship in Nebraska, and then I moved back to Texas, and then I moved to DC, and I moved back to Texas. And then I moved within Texas. And so there might be a chance to get you back is what it sounds like. Yes. You always get drawn back. <laughs> that is the plan. The plan is to return to Texas upon <laughs> retirement. So, yay. But um, every time I move, I purge. I purge. I look, okay, I haven't worn this dress. I haven't worn this shoe. So when we moved here, because my size has um, changed, I'm in double digits now. <laughs> Um, I gave all my suits. You get that love weight. You just be all all drunk in love, and you know, I I get it. And get the freshman fifteen. Yes, yes, but um, (laughs) but like my suits, I had some really cute suits, and I gave them to law students because I remembered as a law student, I didn't have a lot of money to buy a quality suit. And so they are expensive, <laughs> are very expensive. And so I was able to bless several law students and actually my super small suits like the sixes I gave away even before I started working at St. Mary's to a young attorney and she was like blessing other students and stuff. And so purging for me is like if someone else can benefit from it. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm not just taking it to Salvation Army or Goodwill and some random person buys it. I I know that person is going to court looking on point because they were able to get a quality suit versus the ones that don't have lining. That's good. You know, I never even thought about that. I'm so used to just kind of packaging it all up in a trash bag and taking it to the Salvation Army that I never thought to like actually like pinpoint Mm -hmm. who needs stuff that's a good 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 uh pro tip there if you need Um, to connect with anyone in san antonio at the law school let me know i got i will definitely (laughs) do that offline because i got some things (laughs) 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 yes 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 so kind of back to um the career conversation you know Prior to becoming a stay-at-home mom, like, how did you view the importance of your career? I know I I have a a bad habit of rooting, you know, some of my Mm self-confidence in the successes or lack thereof Mm -hmm. in my career. And that's definitely made, you know, it's not a good, that's not a good thing to Mm -hmm. to root your confidence in something so superficial and artificial because you can be on the high one day and you can be on a very low the next day. And if that's what your confidence is rooted in, you know, that can really mess you up in terms of how you, you interact with, with everything because your confidence affects your, your whole, your whole being basically. Right. Right. So for me, my journey started probably as a child. I've always done pretty well academically. Unlike my sister, who was very athletic, my pursuits became more academic. And so I sought academic pursuits because that's where my confidence was able to shine. And I was like, I'm good at this until 
I moved to Texas after my first clerkship and got food poisoning during the Texas bar exam. Oh, and had to retake. Yeah, it was horrible. So I, I failed the Texas bar exam the first time I took it. And it was frustrating because I had been successful in every academic pursuit. I mean, yeah. I graduated from college. I graduated from graduate school. I graduated with honors from law school. I was on journal. I had taken the Indiana bar and passed. So this sudden failure, I mean, it literally shattered my life in so many ways. My marriage was also failing, which did not help. But that affected the other. Um, no. no. Well, I, I won't say that on record. <laughs> <laughs> offline, offline. Yeah, I'll tell you offline. But <laughs> no, they weren't connected. I can pinpoint the failure on the bar exam. And that was the food poisoning because I didn't sleep the night before the MBE portion. Oh, my God. Because I was up sick. Right, right. And that one is the most grueling part. That's exactly right. And God is good because I was only off eight points. So what? Yeah. (laughs) Even with all that, that would have made me so much more upset. Because it's like you fail. Like I want to fail. Like I want a zero. Alright. I did not. But like to come close, man, that would have that would have shattered me too. It was was shattered. And and I was at a big firm in San Antonio at the time, and. Even though I had told my boss prior, I told him right after the bar exam, I said, look, this happened. I got sick. It didn't look good because I fell asleep during the MBE. I was so exhausted. I wasn't able to finish. So I said, it's not looking good. Um, He's like, it's okay. It happens. But when the results came out and I was the only one in my starting class who did not pass, I was also the only black woman in my starting class. Oh, then people stopped wanting to give me projects and I had to start seeking work. Whereas I was just getting work prior right, to right. And as you know, the dynamics of a, of a law firm, who you work with yeah. is huge in your progression, you know, kind of up the food chain. And so my confidence was just shattered during that season. And so I started to rebuild my sense of confidence as not dependent on my academic or professional pursuits or successes. So now as I transition or I have transitioned into being a stay at home mom, it's not as it would have been, I think had I not failed the Texas bar exam. So I really see it as a blessing because my confidence is, am I making a difference in the lives of others? That's kind of my measuring stick. And so that's easier to measure for me because it says yesterday I had a meeting with someone who I was able to help her see kind of a pattern of negative thinking. So I had a good day yesterday. That's kind of my measuring stick. So even though I'm a stay at home mom, I'm still able to reach people and help people and support people. So my confidence the way I define it hasn't been shaken as much as I think it would have been had I been so focused on professional success. Definitely. No, I think that's so good. You know, and like you said, man, God really sets us up Mm -hmm. for our future, you know, Mm because if you hadn't had that kind of thing to kind of shake you up, knock you down, Mm -hmm. 
a little bit where you were and, and you were able to obviously get back up and be perfectly fine right wouldn't have known like what that felt like and you may not have known how to how to deal with that in this season of your life i agree 100 you know you're i mean and not to say any by any means like being a stay-at-home mom is not filling the bar or not having a career or you know whatever it's just different from having been in that particular role when i had my first son had family and friends are like, you know, are you going to go back to work? Are you sure you want to do that? And I was pretty adamant, you know, when I was pregnant, I was like, no, I'm fairly certain I'm going to go back to work. And you probably remember those conversations. I do. And, and, you know, I had, I had him and I stayed home with him for those three months. And I was just like, yep. Bye. I think I'm gonna okay. go back to work. And, and, and I distinctly remember coming to see you when he was born and sitting there, and you were like, "I don't know how people do this." I was so <laughs> bored. I was just like, "I'm so bored." I felt like when Mark would come home from work, and like the topic of my conversations was like his consistency oh. of poop. I was just like, "Yo, like I, I got to do something else." Yeah. And, I do feel like there's probably a bit of a difference between this the season of motherhood with the young young kids versus when they're a bit older and you're not changing poo and and, right. and walking around like a zombie and spit up clothes right. all day. That's so right. that is a bit different because my my purpose was literally to survive the next day while mm-hmm. I was home with him. <laughs> and then you know it was so different because. I had only worked in a professional setting for the last, you know, five or six years. And my husband also works in a very professional setting. And so he would come home and, you know, tell me all these in my mind, like all these success stories and all these awesome things that he did at work. And I was just like, well, dang, like all I did was change diapers and like, breastfed like I, I kept like, her kid alive <laughs> yeah I kept the kid alive but you were over here like talking to the SVP or you know whatever and I do definitely think that that is something I, I'm I feel like I'm getting that shift in terms of where career success isn't as important to me and definitely making sure that my tiny humans are good big yeah. humans that's right. Has definitely become more of a priority to me. Don't get me wrong. Like my job is still very important to me and right. I really enjoy it. And I enjoy the successes that I'm able to, to obtain from that, but it definitely doesn't have the same, I guess like allure and like that strong pull to be super employee, super right. lawyer, super mm-hmm. whatever as it did you know, four or five years ago. Exactly. And I would say probably, even though my confidence hasn't been shaken, I will say this, my identity, my sense of identity has definitely shifted. And and I sense the same thing with you. Like now that you're a mom, your identity is not just, I'm a lawyer. It's I'm a mom who happens to be a lawyer kind of. Yes, yes. And for me... I'm going the opposite direction. I'm a mom who used to be a lawyer. Right. <laughs> so right. when people say, so what do you do? I, I've been, that's where I've struggled. Like, what do I do? Like, how do I explain to people what I do? Because 
you know, a year ago, I'd say, oh, I work, I teach at a law school. Or before that, oh, I have my own law practice. Or before that, oh, I work for this firm. Now it's like, well, I used to teach at a law school. No, but TK, you do so much, though, especially like with your speaking and you're like, usually I'm a writer. I'm an international speaker <laughs> on diversity and include like you do so. Right. Much. So I had another uh, another talk with another stay at home mom who transitioned from career to stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. And she kind of had that same like well I stay at home but I also do and like when she said like all the other things that she quote unquote also does it's like girl (laughs) you do so much beyond just being a stay at home mom and again there's absolutely nothing wrong with quote unquote just which that's a crock of shit in and of itself but with (laughs) just being a stay at home mom because seriously that that was the hardest job I've ever had like I truly the the true reason I wanted to go back to work is because I had downtime at work like I could breathe for a little bit and I didn't have a literal human being hanging on my person right I could take a piss without like having a human being hanging on my body and so that's truly why I wanted to go back to work in addition to those other like psychological needs for you know affirmation and, and all that kind of stuff but she, you know, she was just like, I, you know, I do all these ama- amazing work. She's, mm-hmm. you know, with the legislature and whatnot to get maternal health care bills passed. <laughs> like, wow. that is big. That's big. And I do feel like sometimes when you don't have like the traditional job or traditional employment, mm-hmm. you know, situation that you forget about. You, not even that you forget, like you just don't know how to articulate what you're doing and i'm like you guys are doing such freaking amazing things don't (laughs) dare say you're you're not doing whatever but doesn't that speak to our society that our job title defines us Um, and i remember when i was practicing and um people would say like what do you do and i never said i'm a lawyer I'm an attorney. I always said I practice law because of that failure on the bar exam. I learned that that doesn't define me. That career doesn't define me because it could be taken away from me. Yeah. Or I learned it again when I was working in DC and the market crashed and litigation is usually counter cyclical. But in that particular instance, it wasn't counter cyclical. So our firm was, slow. And so they were starting layoffs. And I thank God I wasn't part of that, but I saw the writing on the wall. I certainly wasn't going to be promoted to partner. So I need to start working on an exit plan, but society kind of gives us this idea that you have to have an identity based on what you do. And I think that's the struggle for stay at home moms because society has never labeled stay at home mom with a positive identity. It's always been more negative. It's so sad. I'm like, literally, I don't know how many people have walked in and sat in their kids' like daycare classes Mm -hmm. for more than two minutes 
Because all I can ever say is you guys are saints yep. from God because I can barely do this with one or two, much less like 12. And like that, what they do every day and what you guys, you stay at home moms do every day is y'all literally shape humans. And that is like that, that teaching, mm-hmm. all, all of those industries that shape humans, they should absolutely be lauded it is so sad that our society does not look at those professions with more positivity because without the stay-at-home moms who've got you know guided their children with to be the ceos or the you know the president or like whatever without those teachers who -hmm. have taught these engineers how to create apple computers or apple watches or like there would be none of these technological advances that we have without those foundational starting blocks and that is so sad but it also is an indication and this we're gonna have to probably have another conversation but it also expresses the patriarchy of our society because who who dominates those professions and those groups it's women and because the value of women has been minimal for generations centuries (laughs) centuries, <laughs> um, yeah, centuries. It, it, makes, it makes sense that there's no value placed in those key roles because I believe that as a mom I, I have a natural ability to nurture my children and other people's children but society doesn't value my ability to nurture society can't put an accurate value on that now if I could And I'm probably going to offend people, but if I can shoot a hoop or throw a football or hit a baseball or sing or rap or whatever, oh, I can monetize that. But shaping, like you said, shaping humans to become the leaders of our society, all of a sudden now there's no value there. You don't matter. It's a very unfortunate statement about the state of our society and the patriarchy that's dominated our society that as a stay-at-home mom I'm ashamed to admit I'm a stay-at-home mom that and that's I don't, I don't say with pride I'm a stay-at-home mom like I would have said oh I practice law I mean and to be honest I even in just this conversation when I think about what we were just talking about I guess I kind of played into that as well because like oh you're not just a stay-at-home mom you do all these other things too and like Mm -hmm. so what like what if you quote-unquote were just a stay-at-home mom like that Mm -hmm. is beautiful like that like you said at the beginning of our conversation you get to pour into your children's lives in a time that they need it right even more than when they were little because this is truly when they're becoming adults and and getting ready to go away from you and have to learn how to navigate this crazy world on their own yo tk we've been talking for 50 minutes i know like you are definitely gonna have to be uh you are a hell smart mother obviously but you're gonna have to be a regular because you be dropping and them not them dimes you be knowing (laughs) like for real for real so last thing i want to ask what is some advice that you would give someone who is thinking of making the transition from, you know, a, an outside the home career to a stay at home career? My big thing in, in all of these big decisions is to communicate. So communicate with your spouse, 
communicate with your higher being. I pray, seek guidance from maybe a trusted friend who can hear you and tell you, girl, come on now. You're just mad at your boss. You need to stay in your job. Or <laughs> you've been saying for years that you really want to be able to volunteer in your kid's school and and be on PT, what is it? Parent teacher, whatever that thing yeah, is, that a- organization. A- whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that thing is. But you've been saying that. So I've heard you say that even before you had kids. So maybe this is something to talk about, to consider. So I, I think communicating, getting wise counsel from those around you, talk to people who have young children or children your your kids' age who are in the workforce and who are at home. Get a sense of the pros and cons. What I encourage you not to do is make an emotional decision. You come home from work and you're frustrated and you decide to quit and stay home because you might find out what Nicole found out, which is (laughs) that it's boring at times. (laughs) Um, You actually have to like entertain your kids. Like, you know, my kids, they're not in school yet. So if I'm not and then I, I I can't foresee a reasonable reason to spend two thousand dollars a month on daycare. Right. And uh, you know, then they're gonna be at home with me and I'm gonna have to like find something to do with them <laughs> all day long. You and I'm pretty sure Daddy would start <laughs> taking like more projects to quote unquote counterbalance me not working. Right. Then he's not home until bedtime or you know, dinner time or whatever. And then I'm tasked with figuring out what to do with those rats scallions for a whole day for the whole day and those are the conversations that you have you look at your finances does this make financial sense for us augusta is a similar cost of living to san antonio so it's doable but if he had gotten assigned to the dc area which was possible there was no way i'd be able to stay home and be able to eat (laughs) have clothes yeah (laughs) So you have to really communicate with your key players about the viability. But I will say, if it fits and it works, give it a try. Do a trial run. Maybe decide for a year. I'm just going to take a year off, take a sabbatical or whatever. Give it a try. I have grown so much during this season of being um, at home. I can... My faith is really important to me. I can focus more on studying God's word. I can focus more on learning how to cook food that my kids will eat. (laughs) I have learned more about the importance of giving back to the community in non-monetary ways. I've learned so much in this season. and, And regardless of what is next for me, as the kids get older and, and leave the, the nest, I will always cherish this time of being able to stay home. It was a prayer of mine as a single mom, just wanting to not be this primary breadwinner and I'm there and, and I consider it a blessing. That is fantastic. Okay, so absolutely last question. For this <laughs> what are you doing to take care of yourself? Like self-care is a really big deal for moms and that that's going to be a pretty big topic with Hella Smart Mothers too. But I like to ask sometimes, Jake, what are you doing? How are you taking care of yourself? What do I do to take care of myself? Well, we bought a new Keurig with a frother. So I yes. can make a lot of at home. Okay. So that is a big part of my self-care. 
I take time like this weekend. I did my own pedicure. Um, I do my manicures. I don't have any nails, but I just, you know, keep them clean and shaped. And, and so that's important to me. Um, little things that I can do. I have an office in our home and it is like my sanctuary and I protect it like a lioness <laughs> who protects her cubs. And, and that is a big part of my peace of mind right now. And the last big self-care thing that I would not have been able to do had I been working, I've been dealing with some medical challenges with high blood pressure and some blood work showed that I might be pre-diabetic. And a lot of this is genetic but I've been able to exercise more consistently. I've been able to monitor my food intake and I've lost about 20 pounds, which it's awesome. I feel good most days. Um, <laughs> I pulled a muscle on my calf, so I'm going to have to take a few weeks off, but that is probably the biggest part of self-care that I've been able to do since staying home. And I wouldn't, I was never able to fully, balance it when I was working. And now I have no excuse to take care of my physical body. As I told my husband, we're newlyweds. I don't want to be old and you have to take care of me because I'm not taking care of my body now. No, that is real, 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 real. And that is definitely something I need to start incorporating more into even my self-care routine is more exercise I've been so unhappy with like how my body looks post baby number two mm -hmm. that it's just kind of been a thing where I'm like eh until I can see the results that I want I don't even want right. to do it and that's definitely not the way to like no. it. so it doesn't quite work that way it does not do little things park further out and walk yeah. to you know the grocery store take the stairs instead of the elevator escalator so even those little things can make a difference you are very right well thankfully i work on the biggest campus second to the pentagon yes. and i actually have to walk so maybe that's why i haven't blown up to like a blimp yet but <laughs> <laughs> we working on it we gonna work on it well tk Again, thank you so much. These conversations that we have had have been absolutely amazing. The information that you have imparted on us has been so good. And, you know, I definitely want all my mothers and mother lovers to, to get this amazing information. But shoot, for me, you know, you made me think <laughs> about things and, and, and reevaluate some things. And so I really appreciate that. And I hope hopefully all the listeners appreciate that as well. Um, so thank you again for, for, you for having me. And oh, I, of course. I, that I've said something that touches at least one person's life. Well, you got me at least. So you, you, <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> I'm successful today. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yes. All right, Ms. TK. Well, we will de this will definitely not be the last we hear from you. Absolutely. So thank you again, and thank we will talk you. soon. Bye. Bye. Man, I need to just have TK on as a regular co-host because she be knowing, like, for real. She, she be dropping that hot fire knowledge that people need to know. Um, she gives so much good information about things to think about before, you know, you make a jump like this. Definitely don't go on emotion. I know I've had horrible days at work where I'm just like, 
screw everything. I'm going to stay home. But then thankfully my brain kicks back in and I remember that that's not my lot in life. (laughs) But yes, TK again, thank you so much. Definitely go follow her on all the things. She is TK Floyd Fouts all together on Instagram and Twitter. And again, I will link all of her information um, in the story with uh, the announcement for this podcast. But yeah, she is amazing. I love her. Probably could not have gotten to this point in my life without her. And I hope she knows that. So again, thank you to Kay. And she will definitely be back because I am going to make her come back because of her hot fire knowledge. (laughs) All right, guys, so let's move on to our gold star and what would normally be our timeout for the day. But I'm going to do two gold stars because, you know, I want to give some kudos to multiple things and I don't really have anything negative to talk about today. (laughs) So that's happy. So my first gold star goes to grocery delivery. (laughs) Yeah, grocery delivery. I don't know if you have not used this amazing service because I know it's a bit of a first world luxury and I'm thankful for it. But, you know, my husband and I both work full time and we don't have time to be carting those two knuckleheads around at the grocery store. And for a bit, we did um, grocery pickup, but this is even easier. Our, our local grocery store, shout out to the HEB, which is a central to South Texas staple. It is not in North Texas. So sad for you DFW folks up there because it is amazing. But we do have HEB and they actually have their own in-house uh, grocery delivery service. So I know that a lot of people use Shipped and Instacart and things of that nature, but HEB actually does their own and I stand hard for HEB. Um, so yeah, man, if you can use grocery delivery, that is a game changer. And They've even updated ours at HEB, the service at HEB, that you can like make changes within a couple hours of your delivery time. So even if you forget to add the milk, you can go back in and add the milk. And it is amazing. Time saver, game changer, lifesaver. So gold star grocery delivery services. Check it out. Use it. Um, My second gold star goes to... The room mothers at preschools. Y'all, I don't, again, I work full time. I got these two knuckleheads. My oldest son's playing all these sports. So we be at practices, we're at games. We, we got a lot going on. And our school likes to do events. And I always just feel so bad that I ain't got the time. I ain't got it, y'all. I, I try. I want to roll real bad, but I just... I don't end up making it. So I need to give a really big, humongous gold star to the real mothers at our kids' preschool because y'all the real MVPs and they make it all look this hashtag mom life, make it look real easy by being amazing mothers to their kids. Most of them are also working outside of their homes. And then they come in and put on festivals and get the teacher appreciation gifts and all that good stuff. 
at the school. So big, humongous, amazing gold star to you guys. Thank you so much for all that you do for us bum, <laughs> us bum mothers who don't, uh, you know, come in and, and pull their weight at the school. But I do write a check. So I, I, I will do that. I write checks and I PayPal and Venmo. So that does get done. <laughs> But again, thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, this was a really long episode, guys. So I'm not going to hold you any longer. But I do hope you guys got some really good nuggets out of it. Again, TK is amazing. All the, all the, all the, all the information. Love her. But yeah, so thanks again for listening. And come back and check us out on the next episode. Please follow us on all the things, Instagram, Twitter, even though I'm not super active on Twitter, I'm trying. (laughs) And uh, subscribe or follow us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, or Podbean. All right, hope you guys got some good info out of this because we just want to help you guys make hashtag mom life look easy. Talk to you.